What's going on, everybody? This is your man, Big Stu, Scott Stewart, or Professor Stewart, depending on how you know me. And we are back for yet another edition of Dope People, Dope People Podcast, talking to dope, amazing people who are doing dope, amazing things. And we are not letting you down. We have yet another amazing guest, Avinash Banal. Avinash Banal, welcome to Dope People today. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. So I'm totally excited about Dope People. Awesome, awesome. And you are dope people. Uh, I met you in a session from uh, OSG, Off School Grounds. You were one of the guests uh, from some people out in California. And so I heard what you were doing. I wanted to bring you onto the show because I thought what you was working on with this gaming and youth and education was super exciting. But before we go and dig into the conversation, let me let the people know who you are. So Avinash Bonsal. You all. Yes. Is the co-founder and chief product officer at TomoClub.org. You can see his shirt. Links will be in the show notes. Tomo Club is an educational gaming platform for kids 9 to 14 years old, approximately, right? Here in the U.S., and it helps them to learn and apply 21st century durable skills. Get this by social games and simulations. And that's a lot, that's very interesting because there's some educators who still don't understand the positive implications of gaming and the fact that gaming, e-gaming, gaming is a multi-billion dollar industry now. All right, so at Tomo, they form a network of curious kids who make friends through games played in live sync sessions. Avi is also a research scholar from the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, right here in Illinois, and an electronic engineer from DTU. So welcome to the show, Avi and I. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. So before we, that's your, that's your resume. That's your bio, if you will. But before we go any further, you know, that doesn't really tell the people kind of like, so who is this guy, right? <laughs> Stu is saying he's a dope person, but, and we know what he's done. We know what he's accomplished professionally, academically, but who is Avi or Avinash? Who is him? Who is him? So the only way we can find who you are is by playing an amazing, fun game of this or that. Are you ready? All set, all set, bring it on. All right, so you know how this goes. We're gonna just jump right in, okay? Avi, this or that, travel by plane or by boat? By boat. Wow, wow. Chips with dip or chips and salsa? Chips with dips. Wow. Always. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cookies or cake? Cake. Cat or dog? Dog. Computer games or video games? Uh, computer games. Markers or crayons? Crayons. Theater or cinema? Cinema. Mm. Talk or listen? Listen. Teach or learn? 
learn. Book or movie? Uh, movie. Library or museum? Museum. You're pretty good at this, Avinash. Yeah, yeah I'm coming or... very impromptu. <laughs> Fire or ice? Ice. All right. Love or money? Love. Mm. <laughs> Teachers or parents? Parents. Read or write? Write. All right. All right. <laughs> Great job. Great job. That I'm was waiting, fun. As I'm waiting, what kind of psychology analysis you're going to do now? <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. I haven't <laughs> thought about doing any psychoanalysis. But I think this or that is just a great way for people to know beyond what's on paper. You know, yeah. who is he? You know, how does he think? What is he like? How do we connect? What are some of the things that we connect on? So, you know, and that's a great way to make some connections with the audience. They may say, hey, I like dogs, too. You know, I like to write, too. So uh, welcome to Dope People again, Avinash. Uh, tell us a little bit, Avi, when you were, you know, about 12, 13 years old, what kind of student were you? Where, where are you from, by the way? Tell us where you're from first. Yeah. So I am from New Delhi, which is the capital of India. Mm -hmm. And when I was 12, technically, I had zero friends. I was the first bencher, you know, always teacher's favorite. And uh, for me, everything was all about studies, right? So I, in fact, to be honest, I don't have even enough memories of, to the, of like back in the time. So it was because my entire life was revolving around just academics, which I'm not very proud of, but that was who I am back then. That's awesome. So you were very, very focused on the books, getting the grades, studies. Totally. Okay. So when did you first realize that you wanted to do something in education? When did you, when did that happen? Um, see, it's always been in my mind, specifically when I entered college. So the first day in college, I remember I was with a group of kids who have gone through an, a, a, like a crazy entrance exam, which has a success rate of 0.01%, right? So all the kids who were in that class, and I felt so out of place, right? because they were all active, they were all very mm -hmm. confident. And mm -hmm. I was like a shy kid sitting on the table and technically not able to talk. And then I remember I went on to see a session by one of the seniors in the auditorium. And oh God, I love the way he was talking. I love the way he was holding on this audience. And that was mesmerizing to me. I remember I had a conversation in my mind that I want to be him. I want to mm -hmm. talk like him. I want to be that influential by the time I, you know, end up my mm -hmm. college. So yeah, that was the first time I felt that something has to be done in this field, which doesn't make more people like me. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you're saying that wasn't, so you said you could barely talk or you were barely talking. Is it just because you were such an, an introvert or you just, just wasn't that social? Actually I was, kind of a, like an extrovert for sure among my friends but I was 
more of self-conscious person, right? So I don't know if the timing of my joke is going to fit in right or whether what I'm going to say is going to be well received. So it was a state where I used to make a lot of, you know, I used to get conscious about myself a lot. So yeah, that is like back in 2011, almost 11 years ago. What would you say to your, you know, 11 year old self? What would you say today to, to if you could go back in time and talk to 11-year-old Avinash. What would you say to Avinash today? I'll just say one sentence. Don't take life too seriously. Okay. That's my only piece of advice. Just take a backseat, relax, and let life happen. You don't need to be on top of your game all the time. You don't need to be overconscious about everything. That would be my advice to him. All right. So you saw this guy speaking. You went into a session, saw this guy speaking. I want to be like him. And then when did it change? When did you become the Avi that has made it to dope people? What a transfer. I don't even know 11-year-old Avi, but it sounds like 11-year-old Avi probably wouldn't have been a candidate to be on dope people. But here we are today talking to adult Avi, and Avi is right here on dope people. What changed? When did it change, Avi? Uh. I think it's all about the people that I met during my high college, right? There were so different kind of people coming from so different cities and states of India that was an exhilarating experience, right? Every day, I, I think I used to get, like today, I am like an average of those people that I've met in the last 10 years. From college to my first startup to my second startup, all the people that I've worked with, Today, I myself feel that I'm an average of all of them. Okay. So I've taken up things from everyone and, you know, yeah. become what I am today. And you're, you're pretty successful. Um, so you went to U of I, Urbana-Champaign. I know that school very, very well. I'm from Chicago, so yeah. I'm in Chicago, so I know the school very well. And you studied what? What did you first study when you went away to school? So I started with electronic engineering. Uh, something that I was always excited about. But in the meantime, I was getting more interested in research in sound analysis and uh, the acoustics. So I was doing a research project with a professor at the School of Music in UIUC. And uh, yeah, so I was working with him parallelly while I was in India. And our research was getting somewhere that was very exciting. And uh, then I came to US for a couple of months to work with him in the same lab. And yeah, that's how I got in touch with UIUC and blown away, blown away, I remember. Because at that time, I attended so many different classes along with my research that that was very enlightening. Yeah, UIUC is not a joke, man, when it comes to engineers, developing engineers of all kinds, all types of engineers. UIUC is pretty slept on, I believe. And some amazing companies that we use today were birthed out of UIUC, for sure. So what was the first product technology that you built? Do you remember that? What (laughs) was that? So if you talk, tell me like, which of it was not a startup, but was like my project was a line, like was more like a voice control wheelchair. So I remember, again, there were a lot of things that you can do with buttons, but I think that voice and that too, which can recognize my voice. So this is a project I did back in what, 
2009 i guess and uh, yeah that was pretty sick because i i actually was able to make a machine work on my audio commands and only mine so even if somebody else says it's not listening to him wow. right or her so that was very exciting so now we got tomo club yeah. okay and but, but but you don't just go from building that that sound voice command project to tomo club yep. right you said something about leaf and leaf was about wearables if i'm yes. not mistaken right and leaf one on leaf is still around yeah leaf actually has become a lot of hearing product as well so we have earphones headphones it started from wearables yeah. smart watches and various kind of products and now we have an entire range of audio segment in india and actually us okay so you got in the sound what kind of music were you is it music or is it just is it just wave files what kind of sound specifically are you into cuz i'm i'm really interested and maybe we'll touch about talk about it these headphones so i'm asking about music but do these headphones have a compatible vr component is there anything like that what can you tell me about what you developed or developing over at leaf yeah so one thing that we realized while okay my entire journey has been electronics so again i was researching in music and i saw that there was hundred of companies from bose to beats to jbl to sony and one thing i realized that even if i get a let's say 1000 dollars headphones there is no guarantee that i like it right the reason is that every ear is different it's more like a fingerprint so the hearing pattern that every individual has is also unique in its own way right so i realized that people were having a lot of fun with the 20 dollars headphone as well and they were having fun with the and not having fun with 1000 dollars headphone as well so why so much disparity in this entire industry that was something used to always bug me up and uh, that's how the thought process of leaf came into place where we have actually made a patented technology a granted patent for 20 years which is about personalization of the audio output from your headphones so what we do is we make we take a hearing test in in our mobile application and then it makes a hear, hearing pattern of what frequencies your ear is more sensitized to wow. so so you are going to run your spotify apple youtube in the background it is going to get modulated as per your ear so it's more about personalized audio in a way and that thing actually blew that even our products so started with our own closed ecosystem we were only providing this technology with our own headphones but then we realized let's just open it up with everyone right even if somebody was using a jbl he was using a leaf app to improve his experience if somebody was using beats he's still using a leaf app so yeah that's how leaf came into picture mm-hmm. and it's doing something around 15 million dollars in annual revenue right now with more than 1.4 million customers so yeah as a company it has definitely achieved and it's still achieving still achieve still growing just one 1.4 million customers i mean it's 7 billion people in the world there's room to grow right a lot right <laughs> a lot <laughs> that's awesome man congratulations on that congratulations on that so okay much. so we had some success we have success as a as a you know 12 11 12 year old we're successful right academically yeah probably could have you know played a little more been a little more social but 
will make up for it in a, in a few years. You'll be able to play all you want in just a few years, right? Yeah. So you build LEAP. You go into UIUC, University of Illinois, Champaign, Urbana-Champaign. You do LEAF. You do a few other things. You work on a couple of cool projects. And then something amazing happens. Yep. We, we meet. Yes. <laughs> you and I meet. I, I see you. You're introduced. Shout out to OSG, Dennis, Dr. Dennis McKeezy, and the whole crew. Shout out to Off School Grounds, Dame Dash, and the whole OSG fam, Uncle Lays, Cousin Mark, Principal Power, Lioness. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. Dr. Baez, Dr. Pugh, everybody, everybody, right? Yeah. And now you got Tomo Club. And Tomo Club is specific, hits me because I work with six graders through 12th graders and i'm always helping them understand where business and technology converge and if you know about business and if you know how to create technologies you could go on to live a very very fruitful productive life tell us about tomo club what is tomo club yeah yeah i want to give a little background of why tomo club in the first place before what so okay. as I've been an entrepreneur throughout my life and have made a couple of other startups, one thing I realized that although engineering was my main forte, but something that helped me the most was problem solving or decision making or various kinds of mental models. I read a lot of books. I saw a lot of videos. But the funny part about these mental models is they never come to you naturally. Unlike the concepts of science, maths, or even literature, which you have practiced so much, during your middle school, high school, college, these mental models, they don't come. Why? Because you have not given deliberate practice to it. So this was something I used to discuss at length during my previous startup as well with my founder. And once the company Leaf grew, I know that I could get key hires for myself who can do a better job than me. And that's why they were hired in the first place. And then after aligning them the company, I took an exit and started on this project. So... I never thought that I'm going to make games in the first place. I just wanted to make sure that kids should have deliberate practice on problem solving, on something beyond STEM, right? And yeah. when that happens, it actually impacts the overall personality. It impacts their learning abilities of even science, technology, English. It improves their behavior towards life. They're more self-conscious, more, more self-aware, for the matter of fact. And that's something that I, you know, draw inspiration from back of my 11-year-old Avinash, who mm. didn't have that. So this is something inside me for last two decades or so. And finally, when I started talking to a lot of kids of this age segment, I love middle school primarily because I think, first of all, they are a little adults. They're not toddlers. Mm. Yeah. Plus, puberty hasn't hit. So sure. they are more sane yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they don't have to worry about their high school. They don't have to worry about their college right now. So middle school is a very beautiful segment I where agree. you learn something which retains over years, I right? Agree. So when I thought, okay, middle school is my segment, then I started thinking, what is the way to teach them? And all I could see that whenever my nephew dropped by at my home, he used to fill up my phone with games. Over one weekend, my phone was filled up with hundreds of games. Wow. Right, and this is not just my behavior. You can see Roblox, you can see Minecraft. Absolutely. Everyone is doing that, right? And you got to, you know, draw some ideas out of it. 
it's it's a revolution happening right now you can't ignore it right that gaming has trickled down so deep now that i thought kids understand the language of games let's teach them that language itself right and mm-hmm. that's how tomo club so these are the three main segments we want to teach durable 21st century skills via games to middle schoolers in the us because you know social emotional learning is all, already a big thing in the mainstream and but of course it's not well catered to so that's how tomo club came into the you know picture wow man very 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 thought out super dope super dope so it's all simulation it's on actually decision making life life decision making preparing for tomorrow tell us about it let me just walk you through one of the game that we have i think that will okay all right clarify more so one of the game is called electrify so let's say you are 12 kids in a live zoom call like this so we divide them into a group of 3 so now there are four teams now each team has to keep their city electrified 24/7 so they will have some budget they will have energy requirement they will have pollution level so they will have coal which is cheap but very polluting solar energy and wind energy which is expensive but very eco friendly now they have to come up they have to decide what should be the right distribution of energy purchase so they were like okay i'm going to buy 40% from solar 30% from natural gas and rest from coal but there is a twist so let's say if i drag and drop one solar plant my teammates will get a notification in the game live that avnash is trying to put a solar plant do you accept or do you reject every move in the game will happen either unanimously or with majority wow. and that's what life is in in life even if you have solutions even if you have ideas but if you can't align people along with you you can't make things happen so this is one of the important life skill that we want to teach through this game and we have other tons of games which are touching upon financial literacy emotional uh, you know emotional management conflict resolution leaderships and all these games are live so that's the most dope part because the, the you know the action of working together and talking it just have a different impact Yeah man that's huge especially when many of us adults are assuming that young people have are losing their socialization skills their ability to work collaboratively um that's what we are assuming i don't think that assumption is always true but i do buy into the ideology that while you can apply theory is nothing without the practice and so you have to simulate real world events in order to prepare our young people to be adults pretty much so what is what what's your what what's your challenge man what keeps you up at night when you think about educating young people what's keeping you up at night so what keeps me at night or what disturbs me the most honestly mm-hmm. So there are two parts one that makes me happy and one that makes me sad the one that makes me sad is that we are trying to make incremental change in the broken system yes and and then we have hundred of startups who are hundred of smart people who are working in that sector which are doing incremental shift right i understand uh, there's a concept which has been taught through a school then through a video then through a simulation i agree with that 
but their efforts are very incremental and the pace at which the world is changing our education system can't keep up because of the hierarchical system so let's say if the world is moving towards blockchain i i, I don't know when it will actually hit in the school curriculum or if the world is talking about uh you know identity theft or talking about importance of your data i don't know when that information is going to hit our school books right so this really hurts me the most that i used to learn a lot of redundant you know old data right so and that sets me in a wrong direction so that that's something which i feel that is the worst that i i i have not heard it articulated that way I haven't even I ha- that's I haven't even thought about that concept about how fast it takes what's happening in real time to get into our classroom. Yeah, yeah. To get into the classroom, yeah. Um, are you familiar with a gentleman by the name of Kanye West? Uh, yeah. Of course. Okay. <laughs> so I saw recently, and this probably will be cut out of the conversation, but I saw recently. Uh, that he made it to a a textbook. Um, And it was actually a photo of him shaking hands with Donald Trump, a former president. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, have you seen this? It made it to a textbook when they were talking about bipartisanship. But the way the lesson was written, I was heartbroken. Okay. You know, because it just was written with such a slant that um, didn't represent the the truthfulness of the moment. It didn't represent yay. It didn't represent our former president. It was it, the 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 news that event was used to purport a particular um, way of thinking about politics. Mm. that wasn't wasn't accurate but it's in it's now in textbooks wow and that was what four years ago maybe oh my Uh, god three four five years ago and now it's in and it's in there incorrectly it's amazing so to hear you talk about that is challenging that is challenging uh it makes me want to jump to uh this other question but um and let's do it. Let's go there. What do you imagine the future of education in the classroom looks like? Mm. Well, of course, it's a very broad question of when you talk about the future of education. But I have a couple of uh, visions, I will always call it. One is that education is going to become more uh, as a choice than more like a curriculum. So it will move away from the curriculum because that curriculum is usually set uh, by people who are not keeping up with the pace. So I don't know if you can call it a dynamic curriculum or something like that. So one thing is that gonna happen. So as you see already a lot of concepts of new mode of teaching are coming up, right? Like we're talking about game-based cohorts. We're talking about micro school coming up, homeschooling coming up, charter schools is something. Again, there's a lot of debates on a lot of different types of pedagogies but there is a lot of experimentation happening on it. But what I envision, at least as my future kid, will be that he's gonna make very active choices. So something very basic will be taught to everyone, like universal basic education, 
But post that, it's going to be a choice right from middle school, right? Instead of the choice that we get at college of what kind of courses you want to take, which I love, right? Even if I was an electronic engineer, I was taking two credits of uh, scuba diving. Yeah. And that was amazing, yeah. right? So what has been done at the college level will have will be trickling down to even middle school. That is one mm-hmm. thing I foresee is definitely going to happen. And uh, second is the peer-to-peer learning. I think the education mm-hmm. will break the silos of a small classroom, will break the silos of a laptop screen of the number of people that we're talking to, but become very, very uh, inclusive. So, because I think I learned the most, I, I definitely respect all the teachers that I have been taught by, but I would equally uh, credit all my peers because in the starting of the interview, I said that I am right now an average of people that I know or I work with or I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. daily interact with. So the peer-to-peer learning will become very crucial again at a very nascent stage. Mm. That's heavy. That's heavy. Awesome. Now let's talk about real quick, what excites you the most about education today, particularly in that nine to 14 range, that six to sixth grade to 12th grade, that young adolescent, what excites you the most right now? So I think one that I think I've realized over the last one year working on Tomo Club and researching about it, that we highly, highly underestimate kids, especially in the middle school. Mm. Oh man, it's it's unreal. It's unreal. So what happened is that when we make a game and when we make them play live, they come up with so smart, like, first of all, they get the game very quick. So so, any kind of inhibition we have at our team side, hey man, this sounds to be difficult because our games are mini games, like 15 minutes, which we make them play in an hour three times. So we always think that it's going to be difficult for them to grasp and we are always proven wrong. So that is one. And it's so the best feeling that me that I have is when kids start talking. So that is an, another principle of our yeah. games that you should instigate conversations yeah. and a conversation where they don't feel stressed, where they don't yeah. feel, okay, somebody is watching on top of them. Right. And when that happens, the magic happens. So I tell you what, when we, when we do sessions in the first five minutes, when we're trying to, you know, say, hey, come on, introduce yourself and do something, they are super shy. But after the first session of the first, like, first round of game, oh, man, it's impossible to shut them up. Right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 right. So they, they, uh, they reach that stage that uh, of, you know, energy flow or mm-hmm. ideas flow that that is super, uh, you know, conducive environment of, of, you know, idea sharing. And then you see... Then they are talking about thought process. Then they are reaching a next level of, um, you know, understanding. And that is super exciting to see. When they start talk to talk. It's all about when they start to talk, the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah, I was in a classroom. Because I go into classrooms at my company, Genius Lab. And we deliver workshops and curriculums in person. We were doing it virtual, but... Now everybody's demanding this in-person thing, which is, I totally get, I totally get. But I I had to stop a teacher once when I was working on something with the students in dialogue, and then they all started talking. And the teacher is trained to shush, be quiet. And I'm like, no. Yeah. 
let them talk, give them two minutes because they're processing and they're sharing and they're excited that they can't even contain themselves. So they're, it may sound like chatter and just a bunch of, but if you listen to what they're saying, they're talking about the topic or the, what I just introduced them to. And uh, they're working it out peer to peer. They're working it out amongst in their communities. So I get that piece as super, super smart. Um, and we all have heard that same statement, be quiet, you know, maintain silence. We have always been taught mm-hmm. that forcefully entire, our entire middle school, high school, junior mm-hmm. high. And that what makes us very, you know, silent, passive learner. We become passive learner. That's one of the concepts we say, mm-hmm. we want to become active learners. Mm-hmm. Hey, Avinash, is there anything that, um, we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure that people know or you want to impart on educators anything that any tidbits anything you want to just share that we haven't talked about yet um we can talk about like in the gaming industry right now one of the problem right now as a parent is they don't they don't know who they are playing against with they don't know who they are talking to so it, he or she might be a you know very adult person or might be a, a malicious person. So gaming has been always been in the gray area where people look upon it as a distraction, as something which is not productive and of course unsafe a lot of times, right? So that thing has been changed and I have to give it up to Roblox for changing that, right? And uh, so I don't know whether that topic has been picked, has been, Require is required to be touched, but how gaming is evolving is something that has to be embraced upon, then being uh, neglected, and uh, that's one thing. And apart from that, yeah, if if people are in, interested to have free demo sessions, free demo game sessions, they can definitely get on Tomo Club for that. Yeah, TomoClub.org. When you talk about parenting and the concern of who our children are playing against. That's a huge concern, which also makes me think about it. Shout out to Alex Jewell, uh, a colleague of mine. Uh, Surveillance, you know, um, through our like mobile devices, through our online experiences and uh, predatory surveillance. Um, And not to scare people, but to make people aware that many times these developers in these companies are seeking our data. Um, So when you talk about psychoanalysis, a lot of our experiences and activity through our devices is being psychoanalyzed, if you will, to help determine a future purchase or a future need. Um, And that is a conversation that we should be having so and and why we need more people of color black brown people in in the rooms to have these conversations to protect um youth and to and make sure that these technologies are inclusive and diverse so i'm glad you brought that piece up about uh, parents being informed about what's happening with their gaming experiences and their young people. That's super, super important. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are just not just a data point. 
in the database. <laughs> we have more than that, right? That's right. That's right. Tomoclub.org. Avinash Bansal. I did not say that right the whole time. I haven't uh, said it right the whole time. That's one time you said in the beginning, but it's all right. Avinash is good. You can say Avinash. No need Avinash to. Avinash Bansal. Yeah. Yes. Bansal. <laughs> Got to get that right. Avinash. Thank you for coming on Dope People today. Where can the people find you? I know they can go to tomoclub.org. Are you on any social media platforms, Avi? Yeah, I am on Twitter. I think that's mm-hmm. where everyone is right nowadays. So it's Twitter. My handle is Avinash underscore DTU. 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 I made it back in my college and it's still sustaining. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that information will be in our show notes. Avinash Bansal, it has been an absolute pleasure to listen to you and to have you take time out of your day to have a conversation with us here at Dope People. Avinash, you are officially stamped Dope People. The 11-year-old Avi is dope. Yes, you can you can you can uh, uh, validate that young Avi. Thank you, young Avi. Thank you, 11-year-old Avi, for producing the man that is here on our show today, Avinash Bansal. Thank you for joining us here on Dope People. And to all of you listening, you already know what it is. Until next time, peace. Thank you so much for having me.